Welcome to Joy in Learning, a podcast from the Harley School in Rochester, New York. We're an independent school for nursery through grade 12, where there's always lots of interesting learning going on for us to share with you. In this episode, we'll join in on a conversation between Harley's Director of Communications, Beth Bailey, and our middle school psychologist, Cece Chen, as they discuss how parents can help support middle schoolers. Enjoy. One thing that we were talking about a little bit before we started recording was the fact that parents sometimes tend to think about, like, how are their kids doing socially and how are their kids doing academically? And I know that you were reminding me that really that is very connected with students, that as a parent, you've got to kind of keep all that in mind. So what are some of the things that you see that, you know, again, kind of prompted you to remind me to look at things that way? So I think that since children are at school most of the day, um, it's hard to separate academics and social realms of their experiences because a lot of what they're feeling and experiencing, such as, you know, fear, excitement, anger, love, envy, boredom, and even competitiveness, they're all connected to their human emotions, which impact their academics. So when you only focus on the academics part separate from the human emotions part and the social part, and by asking about grades, deadlines, or comparing their performance to their past performance or others in their class, we forget to embrace and hold space for the most impactful factors of the school day, which are encompassed by how they're feeling about their schoolwork or their peers or any interactions that might be sticking in their brains. And maybe they're running them, the scenarios over and over in their head. So, um, you know, again, that reminder that the way that adults view things and view success or view... Um, you know, like top performance may be very different than where their kids are coming from. So a parent may think, oh my gosh, it's got to be an A. And a kid may be thinking, hey, I remembered how to solve this kind of math problem. So like how, how can we kind of mind meld a little bit to get in a better space to support our kids? Um, I think that it's really important to challenge ourselves as the adults to be curious about the whole child. So, for example, instead of pigeonholing and asking your child, how was your math test, it might be helpful to also ask specific experiential questions such as, you know, did you feel stressed today or was there anything that excited you today? And, and I think that those questions really help us understand the child's motivational factors um, and what might, how they might be thinking about problem solving and sitting in the classroom and learning new content. And also just being with their peers because they're all going through this together. Um, and I, I think that when you take time to reflect back on your journey as a student, although times have changed, of course, with technology and everything, if you hone it down to just the human experience, um, I think that all people want to be 
heard and validated and unconditionally accepted no matter how they are performing academically um, and feeling about themselves and how much pressure they're going through in all compartments of their lives. Um, so when, you know, when you're working with kids, do you get a sense that they feel like their parents really do hear them in the right way? Do they even want their parents to be the ones like hearing them? Because it's, a, you know, as a parent, it's a time when your kids like need to sort of step away socially to begin establishing themselves. But obviously you still want to be involved. So I guess, can you give some insight into sort of where the kids are coming from? So I, I think that there are kids who feel like they have to embody academic persona in school. And to be more specific, I can't cry here. I can't get mad here. I, it's it's like they have to hone down their social side and their emotional side to be able to focus on academics. But when they're going through all of these physical, emotional, chemical changes and, and developing, there's no way you can separate that experience from their academics. Right. So like, so like how can, you know, let's say my kid comes home and I can tell from body language, it's, you know, a little more closed off or, you know, the answers are a little more terse than maybe I'd like or whatever. Like, is there anything that I can do to help draw that out? Or is the best thing I can do to step back and wait till they kind of come around to me? Or like, you know, how do you navigate that as a parent? I think it's important to let children know that we see that they're experiencing certain um, emotions maybe that they're holding in their body. So, you know, if a child looks like they're very closed off one day, making just a simple observation, I, I'm noticing that you don't look very comfortable right now. But just letting them know that you notice and then backing off, I think, gives them that space to be able to share if they feel safe or they feel like you're not judging them or reacting to something that makes them like they're already uncomfortable. Right. So if it show, if we <laughs> show them we are so uncomfortable with this, you need to talk to me. That's not going to help them feel safe. Um with opening up and and coming to you with some of this info but letting them know that you're there for them and that you see that they're uncomfortable i think is a nice way to build that space um whether it's at home or you know in in the car or whatever you're doing at family functions um yeah i, I think kids really I think it's very important how we react and model expressing ourselves because our kids will think that that'll shape whether they think it's safe or not. Yeah. Um, like, for example, if, if you're a stressed parent and right when you get stressed, you hide in your room. That's definitely going to show our kids like, OK, when you're stressed, don't talk about it. You need to just go hide in your room. You know, right. we are their models. So what we model 
you know, we have to model communication skills if we want them to also feel like they can have communication skills or learn them from us. What about the role of peers in pressure? Like how can they, you know, inadvertently build pressure on students or how can peers actually you know, kind of function as a release valve, if you will. Like, how how does that kind of happen socially? So I think socially there's always going to be be this peer competition or pressure because people, I mean, students, adults, we're all very relationally, socially motivated. We want to impress people. We want to fit in. And it's all about this being heard and accepted by another and and I think that lots of students do feel so comfortable sharing information with peers because they're all going through the same thing at the same time and that's something that they can share together and gain insight from each other and also you know problem solve with each other And I think that a lot of kids, I hear this all the time, my parents just, they just don't understand. They're they're older. They're not going through what I'm going through. And I think that that's so powerful because that gives me insight as an adult. Like, wow, I should probably do some self-reflection and bring myself back to middle school or high school. What were some things that really turned me off by adults then that I don't want to do now if I want to be able to really see the child's experience, the student's experience in the moment, in the present. Um, When we become very disconnected from that, it's the children feel it right away. All right. So it's almost like, I mean, it's almost like one thing that parents tend to do once, you know, the kids are no longer kids and they're at their they're starting to try to you know try on their adult manners or they're you know paying attention to you know even how the high schoolers act a little bit and just how old you know what what does it mean to be growing up and not be associated with being a kid anymore and you know I, I think you're right that it's just an inherently confusing time on all sides for the kids and the parents and the families they naturally feel the pressure you know homework kicks up grades all of a sudden matter and and I think that that's enough pressure to help push them to take on more responsibilities but a lot of kids are like oh man I wish I could just still be a kid now because now I feel like I have to be an adult and and some of these people are middle schoolers so I think that you know (laughs) it's important to remember middle schoolers are still children too Right. So how, I mean, again, like I keep going back to how can a parent support that, but you know, it's true. Like on one hand, your kid may have a pile of homework they have to do, but on the other hand, they want to be outside, you know, making a snowman because it's a great snow day. Like how, how do you help them navigate that so that they don't completely go to, you know, go to one side Mm -hmm. and, and lose that, you know, sort of wide eyed, still childlike ability that makes that age so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it's, it's, a good idea to you know have a conversation about responsibilities and expectations that's a normal child and parent dynamic 
but as a parent also hold space for playfulness. So if your kid wants to joke around a little bit or take a break and play, that's okay. That they need that. Their their bodies are changing and their brains are changing and you know, movement is always a very important arm in in health in general. Um, And I I think that with all of this, um, when you you consider everything that pressures a child or motivates a child, we have to remember that the way we also talk to our children becomes their inner voice. So if we always tell our kids, there's no time for fun, you need to work, kids will start saying that to themselves in their heads. And, and (laughs) you know, that's, we want, do we want our kids to grow up to be adults who just can't have fun, you know, and have that balance of happy and motivation and competitiveness and, you know, everything else. I, I think that there needs to be a balance. But sometimes we forget about the balance because we're so focused on just, you know, our priorities, academics, get into college. So how can parents, like, back off of focusing on the academics that we actually really want to focus on a lot? Because it's easy to focus on that. That's very clear. You know, all the peer stuff that goes on is very muddy. Whereas, you know, an A is an A, a B is a B so to speak. Like, how how can we sort of, like I said, it's kind of back off from that to, again, being more, I guess, holistically supportive? I guess holistically supportive would be, you know, pointing out your child's strengths. So, for example, if, you know, your child doesn't do very well on a test or something or not as great as you had hoped they would um it's also important to say to them you know i did you try your best you know or i can see that this really stressed you out you know these validating comments i think are very important for a child to feel safe to keep trying and it definitely supports their willingness to learn Um, because if we're always punitive you could have done better Uh, this isn't your best work that that automatically becomes a voice that repeats itself in their head so then you see these children who are very hard on themselves or I guess they just they start embodying things that they hear over and over again. So I think that when we say encouraging things or acknowledge that, you know, their strengths and, and point them out, these things help children feel like, well, you know, if, I, if I'm just really trying my best in math and I'm not, a, like, it's just not clicking for me, it's okay. My strength is English or arts. I mean, that I think that that's like the magical thing about Harley is we really have so many different departments that support multiple intelligences and that's um, like we should be 
when we're investing in a place like this and and that supports a child in all of those ways, I feel like we should also remind ourselves like not every kid is like learns the same or performs the same um, in every subject. Thanks for joining us today on Joy in Learning, the Harley Schools podcast. We look forward to sharing interesting stories, discussing educational topics, and exploring ideas with you on our next episode. See you again soon.